Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley, and I'm joined in the studio this morning by John Keeley. Good morning, John. Good morning, Lorraine. How are you this morning? I'm very good. Delighted. Delighted to be here this morning with two lovely ladies inside the studio. Blessed amongst women mm, again. Blessed amongst women. <laughs> also joining us in the studio this morning is Noreen Lynch from the Pastoral Centre. Good morning, Noreen. Good morning, Lorraine. How Thank you, you so much for coming out. And we're here. also joined by Shane Ambrose. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning, guys. How are you? Morning. Not too bad. No, not too bad. Morning, Shane. Good. Morning, John. Good. A very special welcome as well to all those who are listening to our radio programme at home, who maybe for one reason or another might be ill or housebound today. Welcome also to those who are listening to us while driving. We pray that you'll be safe and you'll reach your destination today safe and sound with the Lord. Also, welcome to those who are listening to us on our podcasts or on the repeat at half ten every Thursday evening. At the start of each programme, we light a candle just to remind us that we are joined in this sacred time together, whether we're driving or resting or listening maybe in distant places on the internet. Wherever you are, we hope you can stay with us for the next hour and listen to what the Holy Spirit wishes you to hear. This is our second program, uh, our second special program on the Eucharist. So in a little while, Noreen's going to be leading us through the liturgy of the Eucharist with some thoughts and reflections and a little discussion. We'll also have Shane, who will take us through the saints later on in the program. Comments about the program would be very welcome. And better still, there are still about three empty spaces here in the studio. So if you'd like to come and join us, we don't bite (laughs) most of the time, Noreen. This is true. No charge. (laughs) No charge. Free entry. Opinions Mm. welcome. (laughs) Exactly. You can contact the station here during the week on 069-66200 or you can write to us on at West Limerick 102 Radio, Sheehan's Road, Newcastle West or you can email us on sacredspace102 at gmail.com or you can even contact us through the comments on our blog which is sacredspace102.blogspot.com That's it. That that was a big (laughs) mouthful. So as I said, um, we usually light a little candle here at the start just to remind ourselves that we're in God's presence this morning. So it's um, usual for us to take a little prayer space. So in a little while, we're going to play a little bit of music just so maybe that we can slow down and, you know, get in touch with God. Um, We might like to remember people who are lonely or who are ill or who are struggling at this time. We just noticed there during the week that the um, the register for unemployed is up again this month. So maybe we might think of all those who are unemployed who are struggling that way, especially those who are maybe depressed over the whole situation or, you know, there's family problems as well. We also have so much to thank God for. And uh, maybe this morning we'll take a few moments to, to count our blessings, to thank God for our faith, for our families, for our work if we have it, for our neighbours, maybe even for our enemies who, you know, teach us how to grow, for our whole lives, which is all gift. So before we play our piece of music, which is by Monica Brown, I'll ask John to lead us in our spiritual communion prayer. The best way to receive Christ is in Holy Communion at Mass. Yet for those times you can't get to Mass, you can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion prayer. And this is the prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you.
Amen. Amen. So our piece of music is by Monica Brown. It's called In Your Spirit, and it's from the album Quiet My Soul. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back again to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley and joining me on this program are John Keeley, Shane Ambrose and Noreen Lynch. Welcome back again, Noreen. Good to be here. here. Noreen, you work in the Pastoral Centre and last week you took us through the first part of the Eucharist, the Liturgy of the Word. So this week, are you going to take us through... Liturgy of the Eucharist, wonderful. And as I said last week, there's so much in each of these, so much richness we could spend weeks, particularly the Liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. We could take it line by line and Mm -hmm. take it apart. So really what I'm doing is offering four points that, you know, might be just help people in their own reflections, in their own celebration of Eucharist, that I'll just offer as as thoughts. Wonderful. And we can reflect on them and see, really, I'd invite you at home, see what strikes you, what stays with you. Mm -hmm. One thing is probably all that'll stay with you, and that's loads. That's what God has to say to you this morning. So let me start, I suppose. um, The the first point I wanted to mention around the Liturgy of the Eucharist is, is preparation. The Liturgy of the Eucharist begins at the offertory procession and it continues right up until the prayer the priest says after communion. So it really is the centre and the core of our Mass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the preparation time, the offertory, the preparation time there is not a time simply in and of itself for its own sake because no more than if we're preparing for guests to come in to have a meal we don't say, well, I'll invite four people for dinner and then sure, I'll I'll set out a buffet for 20 because it looks nice. We say, okay, I, this is what we're about to do, so our preparation is appropriate for it. Mm-hmm. So obviously we prepare the altar by placing on the altar what's appropriate. And we try to avoid all clutter, anything that would block our view of the altar, anything that would mean that somebody sitting in some part of the church wouldn't fully feel part of what's happening. And so flowers, candles are very important and beautiful, but their purpose is to decorate but not to be at the centre. And the question, I suppose, that I find out for myself is to say, well, how is my head cluttered now mm. as I come to this part of the Mass? I've been through the Liturgy of the Word, the prayers of the faithful, all the different things that have happened there. And now we're entering into this new part, this Liturgy of the Eucharist, this core and central part of what we're doing. Is my head really here? Mm. Is my heart really here? 
what do I need to let go of? <clears throat> what do I need to just give to God and say, Lord, take care of me. Take care of that. Um, I'm just going to try and be here. I'm going to put down my bag after I've picked it up for the collection or mm-hmm. yeah. stop thinking about the offertory procession or music or whatever else and say, look, here I am present now. I want to be available. And really, once we've begun that preparation, then the next point I want to make is about participation. Sometimes when we come into the Eucharistic prayer, now I'm sure nobody listening or nobody in the studio does this, but sometimes I sit back a little and say, now this is Father's bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've never done that. (laughs) No, no. But sometimes we do that a little bit, a sense of, well, we've had the the big moments that there's been obviously participation, but actually we're now coming into a piece that is the core and the centre of everything we're doing and is actually absolutely our prayer Mm -hmm. and is grounded in dialogue. <clears throat> the Eucharistic prayer, the church teaches us, is the centre and summit of the entire celebration. And it's addressed by the celebrant, our priest. He's addressing this prayer in the name of the whole community to God the Father, through Christ his Son, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. So in his priestly role, our priest stands, as they say, in persona Christi. He stands with and for the people of God gathered, calling down the Holy Spirit and these gifts on this congregation that they may become the body and blood of Christ. Wow. Mm. At the start of the Eucharistic prayer, we pray the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up our hearts. That dialogue there. And it makes it really clear that this is about all of us. We start with a dialogue, a prayer that's back and forth. We're all invited to lift up our hearts, all invited to give thanks to God. And the prayer continues, not as I, the priest saying I, but mm-hmm. we come to you, Father, in praise and thanksgiving. So it's we And the whole way through the Eucharistic prayer, we have these opportunities to say aloud what we believe and and to really own what's happening. So at at the Sanctus, the Holy Holy or the Hosanna, we're called to join with the angels in prayer. After the consecration, the proclamation of faith, declare what you believe, proclaim your faith. And in the great Amen, say yes to this, what has happened. St. Jerome, when he was speaking about the faithful of Rome, you know, he said, when they said the Amen, they say it so loud and so often that it sounded like a roll of thunder. Their voices told of their commitment and their faith and they, the sense that they were really present, not just in the room. And I think that's the challenge for us too. We're called to join in this prayer, both through our awareness, our prayerfulness, our, our alertness, but also aloud in the responses, in actually saying out loud, I am part of this, I am here, I am participating in this. And one of the things that people often ask me about in terms of participation is that great amen at the end. And they say, what's all the fuss about the through him, with him, in him and the Mm -hmm. amen? And and just to very briefly say that the point of that is not whether or not we say through him, with him, in him. The point is that in the church we're taught that the three great acclamations that people in the community have to offer is the alleluia, the proclamation of faith at the consecration and the great amen. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. The amen gets lost off. Mm That, there, that at, before we come to the gospel, everybody should be standing up saying, Alleluia, this is important. That after the consecration, everybody should feel just proclaiming, saying out loud, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Save a saviour of the world, my Lord and my God, that mm-hmm. proclamation. And that when we come to the end of the Eucharistic prayer, that prayer that began at the offertory, that prayer that included all the thanksgiving, that prayer that included the consecration itself, that included our prayers for those who've gone before us, our prayers for the church, all of that, that we say amen to all of that. We're not saying amen to through him with him in him. We're saying amen, yes, I believe, to the whole thing. Mm. And I suppose 
the danger that happens is that if we start praying through him with them in him out loud and we start clambering up to our feet before the Our Father that we don't say the Amen at all. So what I'd say is don't worry about whether you're saying through him with them mm-hmm. in him but worry about are we saying Amen? Is it loud and clear? Can people hear it? Is there a roll of thunder? And if at all possible, sing it. Sing it whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Sing the Alleluia, sing the proclamation of faith and sing the Amen because it's worth hearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to just take a third point if that's helpful. Yep. We've time. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's, I just want to, I suppose I could go through all the different parts of the Eucharistic prayer, particularly spend time with the consecration. But I just want to ask a question. When we gather and we speak about consecration and what is transformed, there's a very real question that, that's worth thinking about. What is transformed in this gathering, in this time? Bread and wine is transformed, yes. Mm. But oh, so much more is transformed <coughs> if we allow God's transforming grace into our hearts and our lives. Because if God can take the inert inanimate objects of bread and wine and transform them into the body and blood of Christ. What could God do if this parish community, this gathered Eucharistic community, let God transform them? If we would let God transform us, we too can be the body and blood of Christ, the body of Christ in this place, in this time. We can be Christ's hands and Christ's feet. Now isn't that a huge, profound, slightly scary thought? Mm -hmm. I want to share with you something from a reflection that I'm fierce fond of it's from about the year 400 so it's a couple of years back Um, and it's a a bishop called Augustine Saint Augustine that we have and what he was called to do was with the newly baptised in the Easter season as we have it now but in the time after their baptism the newly baptised adults would say look we're baptised but we don't understand everything will you come and speak to us and help us to understand and they would have this time where they would have bishops and would come and speak with them And this is something he said around Eucharist to the newly baptized. He said to them, what you see is the bread and the chalice. This is what your eyes tell you. So if you're imagining this at home, you can imagine St. Augustine saying to them, look at the art, can you see the bread and the chalice? And then he said to them, but what your faith needs to be informed of is the bread is the body of Christ and the chalice is his blood. And then he said to them, now, if you wish to understand the body of Christ... Listen to what the Apostle, it's Paul, said to the believers. He said, you are the body of Christ and his members. So do you remember that piece in scripture where Paul said, you are Christ's Mm -hmm. body, Christ's Mm -hmm. hands, Christ's Mm -hmm. feet. So St. Augustine was referring to that. And he said to them, if therefore you are the body of Christ and his members, it's your own mystery that's been placed on the table of the Lord. It's your mystery that you receive. To this which you are, you respond, amen, and in responding, you accept it. What you hear is the body of Christ, and to this you respond, Amen. So be a member of Christ's body, that your Amen may be true. Be what you see, and accept what you are. Now I'll bet if you're listening to this on the radio on a Saturday or Sunday morning, that that's very heavy to take in. But I'd say that actually... What we're talking about as Eucharist is huge and beautiful and amazing and hard to take in. So it's okay if it's bigger than you expected. What we learned as from the very beginning of church is that Christ is present with us in Eucharist. That God transforms bread and wine, but that God is also present and with the entire community. 
It's not that you or I individually are the body of Christ, but when we gather and are present at Eucharist and when we allow God to be fully with us, that God transforms us ordinary sinners, regular normal people, into Christ's hands and Christ's feet, into Christ's visible heart and and love for the world in the place where we are. That God has given us this huge grace that we might be in this place, in this time, a visible sign, the body of Christ. Good news for people. Good news for the whole world. This is life-altering, charismatic, empowering truth. That God transforms and that it doesn't just happen in the, in the church building, but that that transformation is in order that we go out and be Christ's hands and Christ's feet, the body of Christ in the world. That God wants the body of Christ available to the whole community. That God wants the good news available. God wants God's love. God wants God's healing. God wants grace available to everyone in the community. And that when we gather at Eucharist, when we participate in this mystery and this amazing grace, that we are being nourished and that we are in thanksgiving for what God is doing for us. So what's transformed? We are. We're transformed because we too recognise ourselves as the body of Christ. And when we go forward and we receive the body of Christ and we say amen, we say amen both to the fact that yes, I'm receiving the body of Christ and I believe this, this is Jesus fully, completely present. But also I accept myself as a member of the body of Christ. I accept the challenge of that and the joy of that. This is what God is offering. And this morning maybe we might be thinking, you know, whether I gather for you, Christian, or not, how, how can God change things in my life? Maybe mm-hmm. there's situation, maybe there's relationships that I feel even God couldn't transform. Maybe there's memories, maybe there's situations, maybe there's experiences or feelings, and I say, you know, it's just beyond help. And these are the things that we can bring to God, particularly in Eucharist, say, Lord, transform my life. Lord, help me to believe that you are transforming me. Help me to believe that your presence in the Eucharist blesses me and nourishes me and is a grace that I, that I have received and that I continue to receive. That you transform and that my call is to, to, to believe and to accept the great grace available to me and to be thankful and alive in that. Wow, there is just so much there, Noreen. Thank wow. you very, very much. Shane, your thoughts? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Shane. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, as you said, there was an awful lot there to try and um, get the head around. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the amen, the, the great amen, um, I suppose is one thing that kind of, when, when I was kind of thinking about this and kind of preparing for the show, it was something as well that I, I kind of focused on. I suppose in our tradition, I suppose there's a, there's always been kind of a, a great focus on the words of the, um, you know, the institution narrative and the consecration. Yes. You know, there's a lot. There's been a lot of reverence and focus and bells and smells around that kind of thing. Whereas um, our cousins in the Orthodox Church, yes, they don't see the consecration as being complete until the Amen is said by the congregation. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, the divine liturgy, the transformation yes. of the divine liturgy is not finished for them until the community gives its affirmation in the spirit and says, yes. Amen. And for me, I think that's, that's another kind of angle to look at it as well, because it is so important that a man is said, mm-hmm. and it's brilliant when it is sung, because like you said, Noreen, we're affirming all of the prayer that has gone mm-hmm. before, because after all, the Eucharistic prayer is our prayer. It's a presidential prayer that is said for us on, by, for, on our behalf yes. by the priest, but it is our prayer as the community. Exactly. Thanks, Jane. Well said. Well, what about yourself, John? Well, there's certainly a lot in that, but I, I take what Noreen said at the start of the presentation. She said, you won't be able to take it all in, and she's right too. <laughs> but you may have to pick one or two things, and, and I was blown away, actually, by, by a sentence that you mentioned there. And he said that the priest stands in, in Persona Christi, that he's calling down the Holy Spirit and these gifts and the congregation, that they may become the body and blood of Christ. And I heard that, and I said, wow. That's the first thing I've got to try and get my head around, and I don't know if I will. But connected with that, the other word that I heard, and you mentioned it a few times, and I needed to hear it, was that word transform. Again, that spirit. And it is fully within the Feast of the Ascension, you know. And then the last thing then that I heard you mention a number of times was that word grace. Yes. So those three connected, for me anyway, the grace of being able to be there for this Eucharistic um, celebration where the priest is inviting, calling down the Holy Spirit on all of us to become the body and blood of Christ, of Jesus, how, how profound that is. But that transformation that takes place, and because of the transformation then, grace but I'm sure there's a lot more to it but mm-hmm. that's what I got from him anyway just blown away from that yeah. thanks there really is so much in there but I, I love Augustine's phrase be what you are Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, be what you see and it. accept what you are yeah. I, it's, there's just something very profound about that it's funny every time I listen to Noreen I get goosebumps and I'm sitting here <laughs> oh going God. Yep. oh my God. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to be responsible <laughs> make it contagious <laughs> I, I think, and again, a lot of what I've shared mm. t- today is, again, from Celebrating the Eucharist, and that's mm-hmm. going to be available on the website and also from the Limerick Diocese website that it's free to download, and it's a simple little booklet. So, But a lot of that is there. So really, I, I often think of Michalist in saying what we are in life is, is beggars telling beggars where we found bread. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're sharing. It's not, that we're, it's not that I've discovered this. Each of us has to discover it for ourselves, but yeah. we're sharing the wisdom that's pass there. pass it on. Excellent. And thanks for that. Now, I think it's time for another piece of music, appropriately. It's a hymn called Where Two or Three Are Gathered. It's by Father Liam Lawton, and it's from the album Healing Songs.
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back again to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley and joining me this morning are John Keeley, Shane Ambrose and Noreen Lynch. Hi. Wow, that was so in-depth. There was so much in there. But as you said, it's just about picking out one or two points really, isn't it? And, and kind of sitting with that for the week maybe. I think so. It's, it's really something like this. You can't just take it on, in, in mm-hmm. a fi- particularly in a five-minute talk, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm naming big concepts, and, and obviously they could be dug out more. But really what I'm, I suppose we're doing here is offering s- some thoughts to help us go deeper, because sometimes we can be by habit doing something and having a moment to stop and to think about it. Exactly. Just to go just that bit deeper mm-hmm. in, in, in our journey. Will I keep going? Yes, please. Yeah, wow. Fair play to you. Um, I just want to say a small bit more around the liturgy of the Eucharist because it actually stretches not just to to the Great Amen, that's the Eucharistic prayer, but the liturgy of the Eucharist travels right through the communion, right the prayers before communion, through our reception of communion and up to when Father says a prayer straight after communion. Mm -hmm. So the reception of communion is within the middle of the liturgy of the Eucharist, if you can see that. I suppose that when we move from that great amen into the Our Father, we're moving in in the communion right into prayers that are helping us really make sure we're prepared and focused and ready for to receive the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that our prayers become about family. We say the Our Father. We offer each other the sign of peace, mm-hmm. not our peace, not me saying hello to you, but the peace of Christ be with you. Mm-hmm. And we look around and recognize each other and say, these are the people 
very like the introductory right these are the people that we're gathered with this is who we are this is and, and really being aware of that as uh, ourselves as the body of Christ as we come forward to receive and we say this is the Lamb of God Lord I'm not worthy that you'd enter under my roof Lord I'm not mm-hmm. worthy to receive you those lines from scripture of the centurion saying you know I have faith in you Lord I have faith in you um and we move into the reception of communion. And just two points that, that strike me that might be helpful to us. One is is, is around reverence. I suppose um, reverence can be sometimes a kind of a, that we get nervous around something, but it, it isn't really that. It's a respect and an honouring. You know, there are people in our lives that, that we give reverence to, that we really respect them. Mm. And if they say something, we listen. And if they're in the room, we're interested in are they sitting comfortably are they do and there's a respect in that and that's the kind of reverence we're talking about when we speak about Eucharist really we're coming forward to receive something very profound we're coming forward in prayer and we are not people who form cues to get communion mm-hmm. we are people who come in procession to receive the body of Christ and our actual act of moving of the physical walking up in procession we're joining with the angels in heaven we're waving palms and singing Hosanna and coming in procession to honour the Lord and to praise the Lord. We too are now joining this procession. And so that moment of movement is a prayer. That time of preparing to receive is in and of itself a pilgrimage and a procession. And so it's important that we're not jostling, that we're not you know, rushing in and out to try and get quickly somewhere, but rather that we're saying it doesn't matter how long it takes because every step of this is prayer. Every move I'm making is actually part of my commitment. I am stepping forward to say Amen. Yes, I believe. I'm stepping forward to receive the body of Christ. I'm stepping forward to take my place as a member of the body of Christ. I am stepping forward to bring my situations, my realities to God and say, Lord, I am hungry for you. Nourish me, feed me, help me. And so very much that reverence and that prayerful movement, both up and down, is part of the journey, part of the prayer. And so when we come to receive and the priest says to us, the body of Christ, he's calling on us to express our faith in two things. That Jesus Christ is really present. Body, blood, soul and divinity. We are not remembering Jesus. We are not talking symbols. God is here. Jesus, the Christ, is with us, is nourishing us, is here. But he's also calling for an expression of faith, an amen, to the fact that those who share Christ's body are themselves his body, that we, we become Christ's body. In that sharing, in that reception, we enter into this relationship with all those present, with all those who celebrate Eucharist around the world, with Christ, with God, that we become part of Christ's body. And so that's why it's important when we're receiving communion that we receive with reverence, not a fussy thing that draws attention away from Jesus, should never be that the focus is on us as, re- as receiving and look how holy that person is because that's taking the focus off Jesus. It should never be that we make people around us nervous. It should be a very gentle thing. If we're receiving in our hands, we raise our hands very clearly so that our priest or ministers of the Eucharist can see what we're doing and we make a throne of our hands so that we don't take communion but we receive communion. We receive the body of Christ. And similarly, if there's an altar rail and we're kneeling, we do that in a gentle way that doesn't attract attention or cause fuss. Our focus is that in this moment, when we meet the minister of the Eucharist or our priest, and they look us in the eye and say, the body of Christ, and we say, Amen, that we are in absolutely available to God, 
that we are recognizing the moment that's here and that we are quietly taking ourselves back to our seats to pray, to reflect, to ask God to be with us. When we return to our seats, this is our moment of prayer. It's not a moment to, to be chatting, to be looking. If you find yourself getting distracted, if you have a missalette or something there, pick it up and read the gospel again. If you have a personal prayers that you've learned over the years, take one or two prayers that will help you to be still and just to say, Lord, you know, I need you in my life. I need you to guide me, to bless me. I need you to take care of me. So we're just bringing ourselves to God. And this is a time where music should be always focused on Jesus Christ. It's not an appropriate time for him to a saint or to Our Lady, however beautiful those hymns are and whatever time of the year it is, even in May. This time is about Jesus and anyone or anything that gets in the way of that relationship, you and Jesus, is a distraction. And Mary doesn't want to be a distraction. She always wants you to look towards her son. So as we come to this time, our priest then gathers us together in a concluding prayer. And that prayer is concluding the liturgy of the Eucharist, gathering all our prayers together. And now we breathe out. This is the time then that we start to think in terms of if there's announcements. An announcement is not meant to be part of that time of silence. Collections should never happen at that time of silence because God is speaking and there's nothing. Not money, not announcements, not essayant or anything else is more important than the fact that God is present in the room. Now, as we come into the concluding rites, do you remember last week we mentioned the introductory rites Mm -hmm. and how we needed time to prepare so we'd really be present? In the same way, if, for example, we receive communion and walk out the door, in some way we're not really present Mm. uh, to the graces that are available. Simply by being, being in the room and receiving, being in the church and receiving, we, might, we still have to have some time to almost become aware of what that means for our life. And so the concluding rite was created by the church so that there can be that link between the liturgy we've been at and the life that we're going out to. And very much, it starts again with the Lord be with you, that dialogue. And I was saying five times across the Mass that dialogue comes in. So the community gathered in the Lord's presence now, still in the presence of Christ who promised to be always with his people. They go out to bear that presence into their whole lives. So we're we're taking this with us and we're blessed and we're sent out and we hear that we're being sent out. And the blessing is all about this awareness that God is going with us. So the sense that I've been at Mass and now I'm going back to the rest of my life, suddenly that's vanishing because this is the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Because the rest of my life is bringing Jesus Christ now to the world, is being Christ's face, being Christ's heart in the world. And actually, both Pope John Paul and Pope Benedict said that those dismissal prayers are very important and that we needed even more and more time to help people to understand them. Because as long as we keep Jesus Christ within the church building, we betray him. We deny the graces available. All the time our call is to recognise that when we are out in the community, in our families, baking bread, visiting the sick, being with our neighbours, being kind to our children, being supportive of those who are living alone, all of those things, that when we do these in Jesus' name, then we are being the body of Christ in this parish. Then we are being the ones who are good news, who are healing and who are hope, who are bringing alive in this community what Jesus wants for this community, that everyone would know God's love, that everyone would know God's grace and blessing. And it's in that context that when we are dismissed and sent out of the Eucharist, that we say thanks be to God. We don't say thanks be to God, it's over, but thanks <laughs> be to God for what is available just now as we go out. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Noreen. John, have you any thoughts on everything you've listened to there? 
I tell you, there's so much again. There's so much again. Beautiful. Thank you very much indeed, Noreen, for that. One stood out for me. Mm-hmm. One stood out for me, and, and it, it blew me away again. When you mentioned there, Noreen, about when we went up to receive Jesus in, in the Blessed Sacrament, mm-hmm. you said that we're joining in the procession of angels in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to me th- that that was so reverent, so profound, and and joining with with such people who are so close to God, and yet I am so close to God too, because as you mentioned in the first mm-hmm. part, there uh, the the priest had asked the Holy Spirit to come and consecrate us as the body yes. and blood of yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah, the Holy Spirit who comes to us in baptism and that transformation and that grace again and that respect again, and God is present and God is going with me. Oh, that lovely stuff. I'll have to go over it again afterwards. <laughs> listen, listen, that's listen, why we have podcasts, John, so you can <laughs> tell the show and listen to it and, again. And I suppose what we, maybe what we should do is continue on this little bit of a discussion maybe after a break. Should we go for a break and then yes. come back? Uh, we're going to take another piece of yeah. music. It's actually quite an unusual piece because it's um, Pope John Paul himself speaking. And I believe this is called Abba Pater. Okay. It's good to give thanks to the Lord. To make music to your name, O Most High. Your deeds, O Lord, have made me glad. For the work of your hands I should with joy. O Lord, how great are your works! Soy la luz del mundo, el que me sigue, dice el Señor, tendrá la luz de la vida. Do not be afraid. Do not be satisfied with mediocrity. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Antes que naciesen los montes o fuera engendrado el orbe de la tierra, desde siempre y por siempre, tú eres Dios, tú reduces al hombre a polvo, diciendo retornar hijos de Adán. Mil años en tu presencia 
son un ayer que pasó una vela nocturna. tengáis miedo. Esta es la libertad con la que Cristo nos ha liberado. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back again to Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley and joining me this morning are John Keeley, Shane Ambrose and Noreen Lynch. We've been spoiled rotten, Noreen, by your uh, reflections on the mass. Beautiful. There. Well, they're all borrowed and robbed. <laughs> shared, shared. <laughs> Shane, what are your thoughts on, on what Noreen was talking about there before the break? Um, I suppose two things, I suppose, that struck me out of that vast amount of reflection material. <laughs> um... I suppose the first thing was about you know the idea of 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 the fact that we are community to be in communion mm-hmm. to go to receive communion um you know um the idea that you know w- w- you know the, the, the exchanging the sign of peace is you know extending god's peace to each other, but the line that also always occurs to me as well is you know that that parable in scripture where Jesus says you know you're going up to make um offerings at the temple but mm-hmm. you cannot make an offering until you go and be reconciled with your brother mm-hmm. and you know it, that's the thing that strikes me about the whole yes. sign of peace as well it's very hypocritical I suppose in one sense to go and receive communion if you're not in harmony with your brothers or sisters next year because it kind of distorts what we profess as Christians mm-hmm. that communion is the ultimate symbol of the communion of the community the, you know, the coming together of the community you know, the grains of wheat and the grapes that go up to make the bread and the wine are kind of a sign of the oneness in which we are gathered by sharing Christ's body and blood yeah. and thus become more closely united with him and with each other. Like, it's, it's a beautiful reflection that, 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 that kind of, you know, that, that, that we are the grains of wheat, we are the grapes in the wine coming together as one. Yes. I think one thing, Shane, in that is, that prayer, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, becomes mm. very real in that then, because all of us can say, I'm not worthy. All of us actually are in denial and have a long way to go. Mm. So th- it's that balance, isn't it, between the two of saying, I need to, to make the effort, but also I have the prayer, the grace to be able to say, Lord, I'm not worthy, but only say the word and I shall be healed. Mm. Exactly, exactly. And I did, I suppose, the second thing that struck me about it, Noreen, is, as you said yourself, the, the concluding, the, the dismissal. Um, I the, the actual translation of the dismissal, you know, uh, is open to discussion. Um, <laughs> we have a we have a couple of versions of it. It's recently been tweaked again by Rome, and there's a number of ways you can read it. And I, my own personal preference is the one where it's like, "Go, you are sent," and you know, it's kind of like, "Get out and do what you said you're going to do," <laughs> you know. And yep, it, yes, and we it, and it, in particular, it's the prayer of the deacon. If there's a deacon at, in, 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 the, in participating in the Eucharist, it is their role to kind of say to the community, go, you have professed your faith, now go and live it. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that, you know, it's kind of a kick out the door, get out and do as he said you do, you know. <laughs> and it's a challenge to us. It it's is like, a challenge. You know, stand up, we've stood up as a community, we've professed our faith, we've received the Lord, now we're being told, go and share that with the wider world. 
And, you know, it's a great kind of thing that sometimes gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, 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 let's get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. that kind yeah, of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. I suppose what what strikes me about the whole thing again is the link you made, Noreen, between family and communion. Mm-hmm. That we are actually a family, and that communion is what we're built for. Relationship is what we're built for. And I suppose it it's just struck me as well when you mentioned in the earlier part of the program about the priest praying we, you know, on our behalf. And I suppose for myself, when I go into mass on Sunday morning now, I'm going to be a little bit more attentive to the we words. Mm. You know the um, you know what what am I actually praying? What am I joining in with here? Yes. Have you any kind of final thoughts you'd like to share with us before leaving us this morning? Final thoughts, dangerous. (laughs) 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 First, that um, it's a pleasure to gather to be here. It's very welcome in space, and I'm grateful for that. I think that sometimes when we begin to reflect on Eucharist and people, people will say to me, sure, don't I go to Mass every Sunday? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would, I've been going for years. Why would I need to think about Eucharist? Mm-hmm. And the thing that stays with me again and again is that if something is this precious, not, not unlike a marriage that's precious, mm-hmm. that the work is not that it's new, that we have to learn it off, but rather that we have to keep coming back and nurturing it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... Returning to reflect on Eucharist is not a statement of understanding new words or understanding, learning, you know, all the texts off Mm. or learning all Mm. the music off or learning, you know, when to sit or stand. It's actually about saying there's depth and richness here Mm. and I'll spend the rest of my life unpacking Mm. it. Uh, I heard a good quote recently that most people who marry for life are not in one marriage but are in about 16 mm. because every so often in a marriage you say you are not the person I married <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> and you begin yeah. again yeah. and similarly with Eucharist in our relationship with God coming back reflecting mm. beginning again is part of, of saying as soon as I think I have it I've probably lost it so mm. I need to come back and be refreshed again um, and we have, we're very lucky in Limerick that all around us we have places like the Dominicans, the, the Glenstall Abbey, we have Mary Eye, we've so much here, the, the Friariness, Keatness, so much history, Adair, mm-hmm. we've so much that we can draw on um, to continue to help us to understand again anew for the times we're in, for the place we're at in our life, what the grace that God is offering us in the Eucharist. Beautiful, Noreen. Thank you so much. I believe, John, just before we finish, that you have one quick notice. One quick notice that I promised I'd read out. And this is, of course, uh, we do have the World Youth Day uh, coming up uh, later on during the year. We're going to have a chat with, uh, hopefully, Father Chris from the Pastoral Centre and also uh, some people from Abbeyfield who are are travelling out. But the people of Abbeyfield are having a parish fate this Sunday. That's June the 12th in Father Casey's GA. And the idea is, is because there's so many, there's a number of people going out. I think there's 20 people actually, over over 18s. They're going out to meet Pope, Pope Benedict, which of course will be experience of a lifetime for these guys. So they put a special effort into gathering young people for this event because of their experience in Cologne and Sydney 2008. So they're going to have um, a fundraising uh, event in Abbeyfield next Sunday. In fact, it's cases GA which I believe starts about 1pm and there's loads of things on there's a dog show the football blitz there's Wheel of Fortune and girls if you want to there's a talent show as well if you want to visit there next Sunday girls I don't know I think yeah. we'll, uh, the locals. Yeah, we'll put Noreen in for that I believe you're a good singer Noreen <laughs> okay <laughs> 
So thank you again, Noreen, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Noreen. Thanks for the welcome. It's been it was lovely. And thank you, John and Shane, as well, for joining us. For Thanks, making Noreen. this experience so wonderful. We're going to finish with another piece of music. Um, it's by Father Liam Lawton again, and appropriately, it's called Sing Alleluia. And again, from the album Healing Songs. So God bless you all, and we'll, uh, we'll be here again next Sunday. God bless you. Bye-bye. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.